We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted, the film show. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, good evening and welcome. It is Thursday night, it is 6pm and you are on Unscripted, the film show on Radio Freedom 107.9 FM or on the General Pop Culture Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Lewis. Sitting across from me is Cecilia. Hello. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, about films and stuff. Uh, and it's been it's been a weird week. Uh, my my wife Kat has been uh, a bit away. She's been in um, uh, Tweed Heads. Tweed Heads. You know that's the that uh, place where it's like uh, on one side of the road it's New South Wales, on the other side of the road it's Queensland. Ah, uh, yes. So this time of year you can like literally jump from one side of the road to the other into the future or ah. into the past. Love it. So it's uh, it's very cool. So I am looking forward to her. Coming home, uh, that'll be very, very nice. Um, how's your week been going? Yeah, good. I just realised it looks like a cat or a dog has exploded on me. <laughs> um, I'm covered in cat fur, uh, having come straight from work and not delinting myself. Well, delinting, I think that's the word. You guys um, might, must buy those lint rolls in bulk. Oh, yeah, we really, really do. I mean, I don't spend a lot of time at the back, but today I thought I'd pitch in and do some just. Um, a cat clip today. A cat ju- clip. Jumped in and uh, yes, yeah, so cats can be very naughty and often require a sedation mm-hmm. um, to, to get them done. So I thought I'd jump in and help out. But I just realised I look like a, uh, the cat's fur has basically transferred from the cat's body <laughs> to my clothing. So I do apologise, Lewis. I hope you're not allergic. No, no, I've, you know, <laughs> you, I've got, I, I've got, got cats and dogs. Do- two dogs, I've got a cat. <laughs> Although I do sneeze a lot, so maybe I am allergic. Maybe to you this. are allergic. <laughs> maybe this is where your sinus issues come from. You've just been allergic to cats all your life and have never known. It could be, yeah. Mm. It could very well be. But they, they are very nice to have around. They are. They are pains of the whole, though. They, they they, <laughs> Cats particularly very demanding. Mm. Uh, meow. They want, they want things. They want food. Uh, when they want to be fed. <laughs> Although I must admit, like, at, uh, yeah, at 19, Ghost is becoming less demanding mm. and more sleepy. Yes. And same, same thing with uh, with Abby. Is like at 14 years old, she's a she's a sleepy pup these they're, days. They're sleeping. They, they're getting their rest. Exactly. Just like little old men. Yes, quite right. Quite right. <laughs> um, I've only got really one movie to talk about this week, but it is a big one. Mm-hmm. It is Wakanda, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, so this is a movie that's been you know, a, a long time coming. It's a, a film that's, um, you know, it's, it's very hard when you've got a, a franchise and the face of your franchise dies. And it's like, how do you, do you come back from that? And mm-hmm. the fact that Chadwick Boseman, you know, died of such you know, tragic circumstances that no one, like, you know, obviously people within his inner circle knew, I'm sure that Marvel Studios knew mm-hmm. and Disney knew, but like outside of that, when news came that he'd, he'd passed away and from colon cancer, it was shocking. Mm, it, was it was really shocking. It was just like you heard the news, you're going, you know, it, 
you thought it was some other Chadwick because mm. surely it couldn't be Chadwick Boseman because mm. yeah, he's he's young and fit and vibe is Black Path for goodness sake. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's really interesting to see like uh, how they will tackle the uh, his death, mm-hmm. uh, how they will move forward with it to you know bring a new Black Panther character into the the MCU. Um, but yeah, so I will be talking more about that uh, that on tonight's show. Have you got uh, any other films to talk I, about? I do have a few bits and pieces. I managed to start or watch most of Blockbuster, the new series that hit Netflix. Um, interestingly, Netflix have made a series about um, Blockbuster. Uh, I just love the irony. The <laughs> I love it. So I can talk a little bit about that. I have seen a new film on Amazon Prime called Causeway starring Jennifer Lawrence and also a documentary called, called, called that didn't sound right, called Gloria Vale, uh, which I'm not sure there's many screenings around, but I feel like it will hit streaming services. Mm. Uh, but it is an interesting documentary to, to talk about the um, Gloria Vale Christian church. Gloria Vale. Uh, yes, kind of in New Zealand uh, and there's a lot of, um, it, it's an observational documentary mm. if you like, which kind of examines this widespread abuse within the Gloria Vale Christian Church, which is located in the west coast of the southern island in New Zealand called Hapuri. Hapuri. It it was founded in 1969, but the church has about 600 members. But um, it it kind of operates as a registered charity. But there's some, (sighs) some, some things that go on within this this church that I guess allude to it being more a a cult, if you like. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I think they need to take away that whole you know uh, these churches and stuff mm. getting you know tax free yeah. kind of stuff because it encourages people to go and like set up these uh, horrible like you know culty churches. Mm. Um, I mean, I think they 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 should all pay their, pay their fair share, pay their tax, their businesses. I mean, mm. you look at a lot of these like you know the, the big religions. They've all got like you know side hustles. You know they've all got <laughs> they've, they've all got their schools and, yeah. and they've all got their um, their retirement villages mm. and all these other things that make a bucket load of money and they ain't paying tax on those. I know it's very uh, very interesting, but yeah, just to think, even in in New Zealand, mm. uh, something like this could be happening and is still happening at the moment. But um, yeah, it was a really interesting documentary. I believe they had a screening at Luna Palace and the director was involved in a Q&A, uh, whether it was streamed or um, or via what's that, Zoom? I'm yeah. not sure. But um, yeah, but I think the film will make its way to streaming. So definitely we can cover off on that as well. Um, yeah, so a few things. So I don't know if we want to delve into anything particular or... Well, I mean, like I did, as I said, I saw Wakanda Forever uh, last night um, and it's kind of a big, a big film now. Uh, obviously, I don't want to uh, get into the spoilers of the film uh, because, you know, people have got to go, go see this mm-hmm. and, um, you know, experience it for themselves. But, yeah, it, it is a, an interesting... Uh, I mean, you've seen a trailer for it, yeah? I, oh, actually, yes, I have. I have, yes. I have <laughs> to think about that again. I was like, hmm, have I? Have I? I have seen the trailer, but I never seen the first film. You've never seen the first Black Panther film. Does, how does that surprise you? Does that surprise <laughs> <laughs> surely that's not a surprise to well, you? It's it, it's just it's it was such a massive film that it had such it had such wide reach, mm. um, and it made like I mean it made bucket loads of the box office, which you know, fair play to films. I mean that's uh, you know what they they're kind of there for is to make money for their corporate overlords. <laughs> Uh, but at the same time,
same time, there is art to, to film. And uh, there's some films that can just, um, uh, they can, can just elevate a genre. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, like the first Black Panther film, it just resonated so much uh, with, you know, I mean, African-American audiences, um, you know, African audiences in general, mm-hmm. um, they could relate to this character. A- absolutely. I mean, mm. The, uh, you know, Wakanda is a, a fictional African country. And so it was, uh, you know, just the people were seeing it and they were just going back and, and watching it again and again. And, and Chadwick Boseman is just an amazing actor. Um, just, you know, he had a he didn't have a, the world's biggest body of work. He wasn't given enough time, and that's mm-hmm. a, a a really sad thing. Um, but uh, the first Black Panther was good. Uh, it was still like you know the, the same kind of Marvel formula movie though. Um, with with that, it was you know you got Black Panther. He's mm-hmm. the Prince of Wakanda. In Civil War, his dad was killed. Uh, he becomes the the King of Wakanda, and uh, he takes you know officially takes on the Black Panther role. Um, then. Uh, his cousin, uh, for his, the son of his, uh, let me explain what a cousin is. Uh, but you know, his <laughs> his dad, um, uh, the Black uh, Black Panther's dad, he uh, sent his brother out into the world uh, to to go and you know, uh, just as a spy kind of thing, mm-hmm. find out what's going on in the real world. Uh, and then his brother had a son. And the son, you know, didn't like the way that his uh, father was treated. Yeah. Um, and he is kind of like taking his revenge on Wakanda by going there to become like the king and then he was going to take over the world uh, or, or at least like, you know, you know uh, help his people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a very like, you know, you know uh, bad it was kind of like Black Panther and then bad Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with uh, Wakanda Forever, as I said, you're dealing with uh, the the death of Chadwick Boseman. So, um, the question was how they were going to deal with that. And I'm not, as I said, not going to spoil it and go into it in any detail. But I think that they did it in a very um, appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole movie is really a yeah, it's a love letter to to Chadwick Boseman. It's a, a a film about you know grief and and being able to move on when when somebody who's so influential in your in your world, um, you know, passes on. Mm. Um, but it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's very interesting. But it's a very female um, a female empowerment film. Like the first one was kind of black empowerment. This is a very female empowerment film and it's largely like a female cast where you've got uh, Letitia Wright playing Shuri, uh, who's the uh, the sister of T'Challa, um, Lupita Nyong'o, who plays Nakia, and uh, she is the... Um, she was a love interest or, you know, um, the, uh, yeah, former girlfriend of, uh, of T'Challa. Um, Ayoki, who is the, uh, the the leader of the Dora Milaje, um, and uh, you got uh, Angela Bassett, who plays Ramon, uh, Ramonda, who is the the queen of uh, Wakanda. Because uh, after um, after uh, T'Challa dies, um, she takes over as queen mm-hmm. and she's ruling. Um, she is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it's in this because one of the things in the film is like who will be the next Black Panther? Yes, and they seed throughout the film potential people. You go, oh, maybe they'll be maybe Black Panther. Them. Maybe they'll be Black Panther. Ooh. So it's kind of I kind of like that. It's kind of cool. So if you can, if you don't know who becomes Black Panther, try to avoid that. So you'll you'll enjoy the film on a, a slightly different level. Um, 
Uh, you've also got uh, the introduction of Dominique Thorne, who plays Riri Williams. Now, Riri is a, a character who's very familiar to uh, Marvel Comics because she uh, designed an, a suit similar to Iron Man mm-hmm. and kind of took over from Iron Man and became Iron Heart when Tony Stark was dead. So it's interesting in this film that you, you might be seeing kind of parallels to that. So yeah, so you've got a massive uh, cast there of uh, female a- actors uh, who are just absolutely brilliant. Like uh, Angela Bassett, her presence is astonishing. Her f- physical, like when you see... She's amazing. Mm. When you see her like sh- uh, shoulders, when she's wearing these things where her, her shoulders and arms are exposed, you know, she's a legit buff. Like it's you, you can uh, she, she just looks like she could you know, kick anyone's ass really. She's just a fantastic actress. Well, I shouldn't say actress, actor. Actor, yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed her. She did quite a bit for um, or in American Horror Story. Um, I love her. She's so sassy. She's just oh, her yeah. characters are so cool. And she she, she has many awesome. different looks in this film, she does. and she's mm. just oh she's she's absolutely brilliant, but. You can't have a film where it's just all, uh, you know, all, all the good guys. Uh, you need to have somebody there being the the, uh, the foil, somebody being the uh, the the, um, uh, the 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 person who's going to like you know cause some issues. And in this film, they introduce Namor, the Submariner, into uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, this is interesting because Namor, the Submariner, in Marvel Comics, is an Atlantean. So he's he's an Atlantean. His his mother is um, uh, like a, a person from land, so mm-hmm. just a, a normal uh, air breathing person. And her, her father was an Atlantean, and which is I think similar to Aquaman, <laughs> but I think Namor came first. Uh, and so, but he's like his character is like you know a white character, uh, and all the Atlanteans are blue except for mm-hmm. him. He's white. He's got wings on his feet. Pointy ears and is a mutant. So he's actually the first mutant in the in the Marvel universe. Um, and in uh, the, this iteration of uh, Namor in Wakanda Forever, he's actually uh, like Mayan. And so the whole backstory of uh, Namor and his people is uh, a Mayan like backstory. So it's completely changed the the kind of character that Namor is well it's changed his origin Mm -hmm. but the character is still the same you can still see that arrogance in in the character uh Chinook uh Huruta who plays um Namor is amazing he's just he's a he's a he's got a lot of presence uh when you first see him rising out of the ocean it's kind of like oh this is this is pretty awesome and Mm. the wings on the feet because in the comics you know obviously the comics are a, a static uh, medium, so I never thought that the wings on his feet would actually flap. I just thought they were kind of like there to look cool, but in the movie they make them flap as if they are helping him to fly, which seems a bit ridiculous because they're very small. Mm. Um, so, but uh, it's it, yeah, it's in, very interesting uh, way of um, uh, showing Namor, and I think he did uh, an absolutely brilliant job. Now the the um, the setup for it is is that. Up until now, everyone thinks the only place in the world you can find vibranium is in Wakanda. But there's rumours that uh, the vibranium can be, is under the ocean somewhere and the Americans are seeking out to find the uh, vibranium because they can use it for weapons and things like that. 
Right. Because that's what people like to do. Um, and so Namor is not too happy about people going and digging around in his uh, home uh, looking for vibranium. Um, and so you know, he uh, launches an attack and he wants the help of the Wakandans, but are they going to help him? But I think you'll have to uh, go and see the film to, to find out. But it is... Um, this film is, is sensational. Uh, like I was just loving uh, every second of it. I was busting to go for a wee because I did have a pint before the film and it was just like, oh, my God. I can't go. But uh, I did... Um, I did go, it was either like sit there like needing to go to the toilet for the whole thing or go and then come back. And so I picked a, a moment um, and I thought, okay, not much is going to happen in this moment. This is it. And then I ran to the toilet, did my thing and came back and then it was all good. Um, so, but yeah, try and go there without a, a full bladder um, so you can enjoy every second of the film. It's a... Uh, yeah, and believe me, um, there is a lot of seconds in it. It's two hours and forty-one minutes. So, Ooh. yeah, and wow. I was I was feeling like I needed to go like you know just after the film started. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is not good. But uh, Ryan Coogler, who was the director of the first one, he's also the director of this film. He had written a script um, with Chadwick Boseman in it. Uh, but then uh, obviously he passed away and then he had to start from scratch pretty much. Uh, but he's done a sensational job. He's put together a absolutely brilliant cast. Um, he, he wrote um, in conjunction with Joe Robert Cole a, an absolutely brilliant screenplay. Um, Letitia Wright, Lapierre Nyong'o and uh, Angela Bassett and everyone else in the cast was given a very hard task to be able to uh, pull this movie off and I think they've done an absolutely fantastic job of it. So, it's amazing. Uh, I am going to give uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, five little uh, beads on the bracelet thing because oh, that's nice. what the Wakandas, Wakandans use it for all sorts of things like for communication, for like taking over cars. It's, it's very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, Wakanda Forever is out now in cinemas, so uh, go and check that out. But Amazing. I think we should uh, go to a, uh, another ad. Well, I did play – usually we play the ads at like, you know, quarter past, half past. And, ah, ah. And at, uh, and at uh, like, you know, quarter two. But uh, I accidentally played the first ad at uh, one past six. So, <laughs> so the, the second ad is going to be played at, uh, at 20, 20 past six. Ah, is, why not? We're unscripted, the film show. Says it in the title. Exactly. We're unscripted. Exactly. So, well, you in, enjoy uh, this uh, ad and we shall be back in a moment. Did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema? You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed Alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out what's on along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. And we're back. Uh, oh, it, was good. it was good going and seeing uh, Wakanda Forever in a, uh, like a full cinema mm. as well. Like, because... Uh, Recently, when Kat and I go and uh, watch the Marvel films, we do kind of treat ourselves and go and watch it in a Lux. But in a Lux, there's maybe, what, 50 people max in yeah. there. Whereas uh, if you go into one of the extreme screens and, you know, you know it's like two or 300 people, maybe more. Mm. Um, and so you get that, that real vibe from the film. And it reminded me... Um, 
when Kat and I saw uh, Avengers Endgame, we were in Orlando and we went and saw it in uh, one of the American cinemas in Disney Springs. And this thing was huge. There must have mm. been thousands of people in there. Really? Thousands? Well, I'm, I'm assuming it was just it was just like you looked back at it, it was just like... Does it get annoying though? Do you see people? Because I find that the more people that are in the cinemas, every five minutes, peripheral vision, there's <laughs> somebody getting up to go to the bathroom. And it doesn't bother me. I, I tune it out. Mm. But I just imagine with that many people, there'd just be people coming and going well, all we, the time. We didn't know so much because we were right down the front. As I you think, guys do, sit right at the front. Well, no, that wasn't, wasn't the choice in this case. It was oh, like the only seats to. we could get. Um, but I think it was like two or three rows back from mm-hmm. the front. Um, and so we, we were like, you know, immersed. But you know sometimes when something happens, like if you go to a comedy event and mm-hmm. someone says, and they, the, uh, the comedian says something really funny and then there's like a wave of laughter mm-hmm. and the laughter kind of like starts from the front and then rumbles to the back and it mm-hmm. kind of like comes back again. And um, it's similar to that, but when we were watching Endgame and like certain things happened in the movie, like when Captain America um, caught uh, Mjolnir uh, when those kind of things happen, and there was just a, a roar, and that's why Kat and I actually had to see Avengers Endgame like more than once in the cinema <laughs> because you, it was so loud, you just missed a lot of the dialogue. Yeah, but it was so atmospheric, um, and that's that's one of the things that we've always said. Like that's a great thing about cinema and mm-hmm. being in public and watching stuff with people who have, you're of the same mindset as, as you are. Yeah, um, you, you just react to to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's why you know watching a Whenever I hear people say, um, oh, is, a, is this film good? Uh, you know, it's a, like a blockbuster kind of film. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. They go, oh, I'll wait till it's streaming. Because mm-hmm. I like, dude, don't wait till it's streaming. Go and watch it with people, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Experience that, that community. Exactly. Which kind of leads me into the new series Blockbuster, which hit Netflix last week. And being a huge fan of video stores, having worked at one myself, I was really excited to see this. And there's a big talk about community in the first episode of this series. It, it's all about, mm. you know... Um, video shops creating that sense of community for people to come and, and browse films and even talk about film uh, with, with other people instead of just going straight to online and, and streaming it at home and not having that sense of community. And I think cinema gives you that as well. But Blockbuster, uh, yes, is the, is the new series. It stars Randall Park and Melissa uh, Fumero. And it's also created by Vanessa Ramos, who worked on Superstore and Brooklyn 999. Uh, it is 999. Nine? Nine, is, nine, it nine, nine? Nine, is it 99? Brooklyn 99. Brooklyn 99, thank you. Um, I'm like, 999? <laughs> but no, that's the emergency number for the UK, isn't it? 999. I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong one. Uh, so, yeah, the, the series begins with Timmy, played by Randall Park. He's this 40-year-old black uh, blockbuster manager in Michigan, and he gets the news that his blockbuster store is the last on the planet. Uh, blockbuster is liquidating all the other stores, and um, lucky him, he's got the last one. But he's, yeah, really faced with those challenges of trying to stay financially viable, and it, it, it kind of follows the employees and him and, and the shenanigans they get up to uh, to try and stay relevant in today's times. But, yeah, it follows that familiar workplace comedy template. And I think for when you check out the reviews, it's not doing necessarily very well. 
But I think for a lot of people who were familiar with video stores and spent time in those, there is nostalgia there. It really, you know, it's got that unique premise and I think the setting is beautifully done here. It looks exactly like a blockbuster store. It's set up exactly as you would imagine one to be. And, yeah, it it kind of, you know, settles into some of those workplace comedy storylines that we're familiar with, relationships with employees, et cetera, et cetera. But despite it not doing too well, I, I... I find it very nostalgic to watch this. There's a lot of film references that I think people like you and I would get mm-hmm. watching this uh, film chat between the employees and just those. It's such an easy watch. And I think it's not necessarily, uh, you know, fantastic. And, you know, it's not doing necessarily overly well. But I think, yeah, that nostalgia for that video story, it, it's it's fun to watch. The only thing I would say is that there is no way a video store struggling would have that many employees no, working there. No, that was... That, that, <laughs> I, I have seen the first few episodes of it and, yeah, it was like there's a lot of staff there. Yeah. Like because when you worked in the video store, how many staff were working there? So the way we would do it is you would have basically one person on during the day, one person mm-hmm. on during Just the Just one? Yeah. So this was weekdays. So Monday to Friday, uh, Monday to Thursday, sorry, you wouldn't be as busy. So you'd have one person during the day mm-hmm. or, sorry, I should say two people. You would have the manager and assistant manager working. And then in the afternoon, you would have uh, a casual come in and they would do the afternoon shift just by themselves and then on the weekend so friday saturday sunday when it's busier times you would have two people working uh at night and just one person during the day so very Mm. restricted um that's not a lot of people how are you you putting dvds back on the shelf when it it was a mission you would and that's the thing you would get so good at carrying like 70 (laughs) dvds at one point just Flicking the way that you would do it was amazing. You just go around and you knew where everything was, and it was such a quick process. But you know, when I worked there, it was a lot quieter than you know the heydays mm. of, of Blockbuster, where you did need more people. You know, people serving, people going around and putting DVDs back up. But in this case, I think there's about six or seven people in this video <laughs> store at every given time. No way, yeah, not a chance. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I think it's just uh, you have to suspend your disbelief. It's it's funny actually how like uh, you know when when I started uh, doing this show, uh, the show before us was called The Vibe, and the uh, the vibe they used to have uh, a guy call come on and that was sponsoring uh, the show, mm. and I, I think I don't know if it was like a you know he gave money to the show or if it was like a in kind kind of sponsorship deal, um, but his uh, the, his name was John and he his parents I think or own Jumbo Video. Um, oh, do you remember Jumbo Video on Jumbo Video? That's I think it's still there, but has it been renamed to something else or has it completely closed it's, what down? Is, I'm not sure. Actually, it might have closed down now. I still think there's um, a video store in Perth, but I think it's been completely renamed oh, and right. it's potentially. They sell like those pop vinyl things too, so I think it's turned into something else now. Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah, a lot of them have gone gone that way. Yeah. That way, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I have a friend called Jeremy uh, who lives in LA, mm. and he was working at a, a DVD so I think it might have been the last one in LA. That's amazing. Um, but that was that was really cool. So he's not working there anymore, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, it was you know it, um, it's just amazing, and, and when. Like so, there was that that was a connection to video stores. When I was um, 
doing uh, flick tees back mm. in the day, uh, the segment I used to do with Patrick Spicer was a like a, a movie recommendation mm-hmm. one and we would do it from this uh, video store that was in Mosman Park. Um, I can't remember what it was called. I can't, I can't remember what it was called though. Oh, that's annoying. Um, yeah, but yeah. So we we used to go in there and uh, recommend videos and and DVDs to watch. And that's awesome. It was a really nice setting. It was like um, this old heritage kind of building, and um, just fitted out with uh, shelves for the DVDs and stuff. But yeah, just one of those things that's kind of gone by the wayside, unfortunately. Yeah, the one that I worked out, I was there until the very end and selling those DVDs oh. <laughs> at the very end. But I drove past a few weeks ago, and there used to be a liquor store next door to to the blockbuster and the liquor store has literally taken over the, the <laughs> blockbuster part and just extended so now it's a really large liquor store uh rather than uh the beautiful blockbuster that it once was so but, it's just um, people like uh, you know drowning their sorrows these days yeah but i have some beautiful memories i've got i've still got my t-shirt uh and they used to have the 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 skirting for the the top of the with the little um oh what are they called they were up the top and they just had Blockbuster written on mm. them around the top of the, the store. So I've got a heap of those as well. So I might be able to sell those for a bit of a, a bit of cash in the near future. Oh, yeah. yeah it's gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure now that uh, this uh, TV show is out, it's going to get even more popular. I mean, how did, I mean, did you like the show, so having seen a few episodes? Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was good. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not the kind of show that's going to, you know, uh, stop the world. Yeah. But it's just it was just fun, like you know, a sitcom kind of thing, mm. and it's kind of interesting that you've got the um, the, the Ma and Pa kind of uh, attitude to it because Blockbuster was really the franchise that kind of killed a lot of the smaller yeah. you know Ma and Pa video stores because there used to be a lot of those around the place mm-hmm. and then you know blockbuster came around and then those ones all just like you know wherever there was a small mar and pa there'd be a big blockbuster getting built near it yeah and then the mar and pa would just eventually go, go to business they couldn't they couldn't uh compete because blockbuster would get like um you know 20 copies or 30 copies exactly. of the most popular new film and they just couldn't afford to, to compete with that so yeah it is sad when you consider the mar and pa type ones as well to think that they were pushed out by the franchises and now the franchises have been you know put out by streaming you know where do we go from here but um you know i'm still glad that cinemas still operate and are still relevant and mm. you know seeing people there i went to ace cinemas uh in midland a couple of weeks ago and it was on a weekend and it was just great to see like the line was massive and i thought this is great and i stood there and people were complaining about the line being long (laughs) and i'm like dude it's great you know business is back Mm. um so i love it i think that yeah film is great to to experience with other people it is really a community type thing but i miss the conversations i used to have with customers when they come into blockbuster because we used to have a recommendation thing at the top so you'd pick a film and pop your name on it and people would get them out and I remember people would be like oh you always pick such good recommendations <laughs> or I never thought I'd see that but that's great so just having those conversations with people was was always fun now I just have them on air which <laughs> is great too exactly <laughs> were you working there when you started to uh, yes I did I I think the first when I first started here I was just finishing up at Blockbuster, uh, which was great. And, yeah, it was just a, a, a real dream. I think I would still be at Blockbuster today if it didn't close. <laughs> it was such an awesome job. But there you go. All good things must come to an end. Yeah. I had a, fr- a friend, Jason, who worked at a video store at Riverton Forum. Uh, and, yeah, it was it was cool going there and you know, hanging out with him in the video store. It felt, felt very much like you know, uh, clerks. Yeah. <laughs> 
did, especially on like a Friday, Saturday night when, you know, the bosses went around. You can just have a bit of fun and, and people are a bit more lively and cheery on a weekend, aren't they? Yeah, I'm glad to hear that there was two of you working at night and yes. not just working by yourself because <laughs> he was just there by himself. Oh, there was many occasions being by yourself um, if people called in sick or if it was really quiet. But, you know, I didn't mind that. Um, we always had the liquor store next to us, so the guys from the liquor store would be like, you know, mm. You know, let us know if you need anything kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, good times, good times. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that is on Netflix now, which is um, which is great. So if people want to check that out. But um, I also did check out a new film on Amazon Prime called Causeway, uh, which is a new film starring Jennifer Lawrence. Have you heard about this film? I have not heard about Causeway at all, no. no. So it's a bit of an indie drama, but uh, it stars Jennifer Lawrence, who is this US soldier, and she's returned home from a tour in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. having dealt with the traumatic kind of brain injury. And it's really about her process of going through rehabilitation, um, you know, learning to walk properly again and eventually doing that. But having to move back to her hometown to, to live with her mum, which, you know, she really just wants to get back into working. And she takes up this job uh, cleaning pools. And it's a bit of a slow burn, but it is my type of film mm. in that it's a character study, a real development of this person who, you know, has post-traumatic stress, you know, from this particular event, physical um, and mental kind of struggles and then yeah just moving back to her hometown which she works so hard to get away from and yeah finding this job and and she meets this guy who um works at a local mechanic shop and he you know agrees to fix her car and they become friends and yeah so I guess it's it's not a lot of action Mm. in the film but it is one of those character studies that you kind of see the character progress it's very dialogue heavy but really well acted uh and yeah it it also stars Brian um Teary as well but I thought it was a really for me really good film it sits at about an hour and a half so it's not too long to watch but I think you know Jennifer Lawrence is such a wonderful actress we already know this and yeah I just thought it was a really wonderful uh film to watch so if people like their kind of dramas and and a good character study uh this is definitely the film for them excellent uh, streaming now that sounds good (laughs) so yes Apple I've got so many streaming services happening at the moment it's ridiculous so is this a new film from Jennifer Lawrence? Is yeah. Because she hasn't been in much recently, has she? Yeah, so this is a 2022 release, which is probably, I would say, her first film in uh, a while. Um, did she take a break? I think she took a bit of a break and she was really open and honest about, you know, taking uh, a break. As well. I believe she's now got a child too. Yes. Which is yeah. obviously a really good reason to, to take off some time. But yeah, her last film was Don't Look Up, which was that film starring um, Leonardo DiCaprio back in 2021, but would have been filmed prior, I would have said. Sorry. And then prior to that um, was Dark Phoenix and then Red Sparrow. So yeah, a couple of years. Wow. Well, because she was, there was a period of time where she was literally in everything. She was. She was the it girl and she played some really wonderful roles, um, you know, in The Hunger Games, uh, X-Men, Winter's Bone, Silver Linings Playbook, uh, American Hustle, uh, that really terrible film called Serena, uh, which also starred Bradley Cooper back in 2014. <laughs> um, they were the newlyweds running a timber business in the 1930s. I believe you viewed that film as 
as well, didn't yes. you? Yes. And it was, we kind of thought it was a joke, mm. this film. So uh, I don't think it was a joke. But yeah, no, it's good to see her back. And she really thrives in those roles of just being, um, yeah, you can tell she really gets into character. Mm. So I wonder if that's why she chose like this kind of role to, mm. to get herself back into it. Yeah, I think she's really selective with her roles. But I've always admired every role mm. she's picked, except Serena. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, it sounded like a good film. I think it just, maybe it was the direction and screenplay uh, with that one that didn't quite take off. It must, it must be hard, though, when you're an actor, particularly when you're, you're, you struggle uh, to get roles to begin mm-hmm. with. Then you get that momentum and then you're getting offered everything. Mm-hmm. And it must be hard to decide when you actually, like, you know, take that break and just go, okay, if I, if I take a break now, I'll be okay because yeah. when I want to come back, they'll, they'll want me back. Yeah. So It must be hard, again, as well, particularly as you age too Mm, because mm. yeah are you going to miss out if you take a break are you going to be able to jump back into you know that role because it's one of those things you often hear actors talking about this could be taken away from me at any moment must be a very scary thing um for those guys, well, yeah. it must be well, particularly if you, you know, hopefully they're smart enough to, you know, make mm. sure they have their savings. And yeah. but I think the thing is that the, the amount of money, like when the, the, they get really famous, mm. the amount of money they're making, then they buy those big mansions. Those big mansions cost a heap of money to, to keep going. It's kind of like, <laughs> they all end up like Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, they got, you kind of make a rod for your own back because, like, then you get staff, and then you got to pay the staff, and mm-hmm. so you got to keep getting those big acting jobs and. So it's uh, like, I, I would say, like, uh, you know, if, if you're smart, just be like, you know, Bill Murray, yep. uh, who doesn't even have an agent. Uh, you know, just people ring up an answer machine and then he <laughs> listens to the, uh, the call and, uh, and decides whether he's going to do the job or not. I love that. I think that's uh, it's amazing. It's, it's more smart than, yeah, Nick Cage who buys two-headed snakes for $30,000. So yeah. good on you, Bill Murray. And, but, yeah. And then he's just going to take every role that comes his way, regardless of quality, just so he can keep uh, you know, making money and pay all those debts. Although he's done some really, uh, really cool films, I have to admit. I, oh, yeah. I do enjoy watching, um, yeah, Mr. Mister Cage. He's done some good work recently. Like, he's had a real renaissance of, yes. uh, of his acting career. Yeah, Pig, which yeah. was a, a wonderful, wonderful film. And then The Unbreakable Talent, oh, the what, Massive Weight of Unbreakable Talent, mm-hmm. which, I, have you seen this film oh, yet? Oh, yeah. How good is... Oh, yeah, did you see this at the cinema? I did, yes. Yes, which um, was a fantastic film. I think... Oh, that was amazing. And then obviously... um, Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland, (laughs) which is an awesome film in which he does not speak at all, but does uh, down a lot of uh, energy drinks and um, defeats some evil creatures. Defeats some uh, animatronics. Thank you. I always get that wrong. But, yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed that film and I don't mind if he keeps making more films like that. Oh, yeah. they are... Really good fun. No, no, he can he can keep on making those, those kind of films as as long as he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I might play uh, the the last ad of the evening, uh, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, have a have a you know 18 minute wrap up or something. Like we can talk about uh, Gloria Vale if you like, we and can do um, that. and then yeah, go from there and have a bit of a 15 minute chat awesome. <laughs> wrap up. Sounds good. <laughs> You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. 
I'd like to apologise for making the introduction and the sweep is very Lewis heavy tonight because uh, like I'm doing the desk. I did not do that on purpose. It, does, it doesn't say in – well, actually, no, that's not fair. Um, um, the sweeper does say unscripted sweeper Lewis. So I did kind of choose that one. But the intros, they're random. So, we don't know. We yeah. just click one and we're, we, we're actually not sure who – who, who speaks it. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to talk a, a little bit about a film called Gloria Vale. Before I do, though, I do want to mention uh, a special event uh, this Sunday, 13th of November at 4pm at Luna Leaderville. There's a film called Greenhouse by Juiced, uh, which is also uh, coincides with a Q&A screening as well. So uh, this is a film about um, it, it features Australia's leading sustainable chefs Matt Stone and Joe Barrett and they talk about what it would be like to grow all the food that you ever needed leaving no waste um, as you do so everything kind of in your backyard and what that might look like um, so imagine a house that grows its own food it's a real environmental heavy film which is great given the the current climate climate that we're in uh it was the winner of the audience award at the melbourne international film festival uh and comes from the award-winning producers of 2040 the australian dream and that sugar film are all really fantastic films as well uh the season starts on november 17 as well so if you do miss the special uh screening event which um has the q a there with um Matt Stone, then you can still see the f- um, the film as well. But it looks like a really interesting film, and I think more and more people are becoming more and more environmentally conscious. Uh, so, if you do want more information about that, lunarpalace.com.au is the place to go uh, to find out more information. Uh, but another film now that is or had a screening at Luna uh, a couple of weeks ago as well, uh, a particular special Q&A. So I'm a little bit late to the party with this film, <laughs> Gloria Vale, but I'm hoping it will make its way to streaming uh, or that you can find this film playing at select cinemas. But it is called Gloria Vale. It's an observational documentary uh, and it really examines this abuse within the Gloria Vale Christian Church community, which um, I said at the start of the show was located in Hapuri, which is on the west coast of the southern island in New Zealand. And I'm probably pronouncing uh, Hapuri wrong, but hopefully people get a general idea of where its location is. It was founded back in 1969 and the church has an estimated 600 members uh, and operates as a registered charity. But for the most part, the story follows siblings, John and Virginia, who have both left the church. They were born there. Uh, and they reveal what it is like to uh, live in the church but to escape and has and how it has since impacted their family members left behind. Um, John in particular uh, left behind his wife and children to leave the church and, uh, yeah, it, he really speaks about how hard that is is uh, as well and he kind of mentions or a couple of people mention the abusive practices as part of the daily life for for members of this church um, including beatings forced marriages uh, and psychological control Uh, women or girls are considered women uh, as soon as they've had their first period so that could be as young as 12 or 13 Um, the women are made to wear all the same thing uh, and a 
basically told what to do by the men in the church who call themselves the shepherds. <sighs> so, yeah, really outdated stuff. But John and Virginia are now involved in compiling, compiling a series of court actions in relation to the abuse of, you know, human rights and, and flouting of labour laws uh, as well. You hear from... Um, Sharon, a woman who remains in the church, uh, she decided to speak on camera, but, you know, she's got 13 children and 60 grandchildren. Um, But she works anywhere from 3am in the morning right through to 7pm at night, which is really just uh, ridiculous. And we don't get any access into the community or interviews from its leaders. They all decline to comment. But I think John's story alone about, you know, being born in the church, eventually leaving and now being shunned and denied contact with his family is pretty you know, telling stuff. And, yeah, it must be really hard to, to leave your, your children and wife behind to, to, to escape from something like that and now being, you know, just completely shunned from them. Mm. It, it's harrowing. I think there's some other religions like, uh, mm. is it the, the, it's the Mormon church like that or is it the, there's, uh, um, the Amish are definitely like that? There's a church in America, um, well, I think it's more a cult, um, and I can't remember the name of it, but, there's a wonderful documentary that um, Louis Thoreau does where he follows this particular, oh, I would love to find the name of it. Um, and it, yeah, it's just really harrowing stuff. And it's all under the name of, you know, God and Jesus. But you just think that, yeah, it's just like John in particular in this documentary is somebody who was born into this church. He didn't have a choice. And mm. I think for a lot of people, they don't have a choice. They're born into it. And escaping must be incredibly challenging because you have to start a life outside something that you've known for your entire life. And, and how do you do that? Mm. But mm. yeah, just these awful practices of... Um, yeah, being being beaten and, and the women being treated as, um, you know, slaves and girls, you know, having to have children at, at such young ages is, is just horrendous. But you, you just wonder how they get away with things like that in this stone age. So luckily the, the documentary kind of ends on some court proceedings that are happening currently, which is really fantastic. So hopefully we get some results from that. But I think they're looking at removing um, a particular selection of people from the board of trustees mm-hmm. and making it more public board of trustees. So you can still have that community, but um, people not affiliated with the church have to be brought on to, to have some say. And I think that might change things there. I'm not sure exactly how it works but um it's nice to know that given it's 2022 um you know um the government and and the law are involved in trying to stop this from happening because clearly i mean you can't tell me that's not a cult oh yeah yeah i mean it's just ridiculous you know women girls as young as 12 and 13 should not be forced to be married or or having children but i don't understand how how people can get away with doing that because Mm -hmm. there's still the law sure yeah and that's that's the scary thing. I think, the, yeah, how how did it happen in the first place? It's so private, I think, that you don't hear these stories. And it's interesting because you don't get much of an insight into the church apart from John and Virginia's story and Sharon who decides to speak um, while still being in the church. But you don't get any insight other than that. You just hear the stories that these people tell. But regardless, it's still such a insightful documentary and it just 
makes you really angry about mm. some of the stuff that happens. So good on, um, you know, John and Virginia for leaving the church. But, yeah, how hard it, it must have been. So they can obviously see that things were not um, not being done right there. Because so. I remember in um, America there's a church called the Westboro Baptist Church. Thank you. That's exactly the one I was yeah. thinking of. And Louis Theroux does mm. a marvellous documentary where he follows them around. I don't know if you've ever seen it. but I haven't seen the documentary, but... Um, Kevin Smith, uh, he when he um, made Dogma and released Dogma, they would come and they would uh, protest uh, yeah. outside Dogma. He kind of liked it because it like <laughs> you know made people like go, "Oh, what's this film all about?" and you know, come and watch it and that. But he actually um, uh, became friends with the daughter of the leader of the Westboro Borough Baptist Church, who's since left, right? She's since left. She's yes. since left. Yeah, yep. and uh, and it was yeah, it's really interesting to just to see how. How, how things kind of change for her because mm. like they were protesting you know all sorts of things um, but things that are just ridiculous like thank god for dead soldiers was yeah. one of their so why why would you say that why i have no idea and, and god mm. and they, they had god hates and then just insert thing here and yeah. they'd have just the most vile kind of uh you know signs mm. and saying the most horrible things and you're thinking to yourself where, where does this come from? Like, you know, if you if you go back to uh, like um, the, the where a lot of these religions kind of like say that they mm-hmm. you know uh, are based on is uh, Christ, is mm-hmm. you know Christianity, yeah, and like you know Jesus, uh, like is a rock and dude. Like mm. for for my money, he's the, the 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 first superhero, you know, yeah, and he was this guy that was preaching like you know love thy neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you know feed the feed the hungry and all this kind of stuff. I don't understand how churches around the world have gone from, you know, these kind of teachings to Mm -hmm. being these kind of, you know, places that are more interested in, you know, making money and handing around a collection dish. Mm. Like my favorite story about Jesus was the time that he went to a temple, saw all these people like, you know, the the money lenders and all of the Mm -hmm. capitalists, everything like that. And he just went there and started flipping tables. And it's kind of like, where where is where is that in in, in uh, modern day religion? It's just it's just not there, and mm-hmm. it just seems to me it's like these people who take it and uh, you know they 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 start these religions just so that they can you know hold women down and mm-hmm. you know it just it's it's sickening. And we see these mega churches in America mm-hmm. where. These people like you know the the, pre- the the preachers own like you know the private jets and stuff like that. I can't understand how people can look at that and just go, yep, that's fine. (laughs) That's that's all good. Really mind-boggling. But um, that documentary is called The Most Hated Family in America. Right. um, Released back in 2007. But I think um, Louis Theroux did a couple of follow-ups to that as well. But from memory um, going through that, I think they had – their members are definitely declining um, in that church, which is really good news because we don't need those. Um, Yeah, but – just, just they would just stand there and just protest the most bizarre mm. things, and it's kind of like they just want to rise from people. I think. Well, I to think be I think when uh, Kevin Smith did uh, Red State, that mm. was kind of based on based on him. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, yeah. Actually, when you you make that connection, interesting. Mm. 
But yeah, it's I, I'm yeah, I'm not a fan of organised religion. Like I, I I made the conscious decision when I was in mm. Catholic school to to stop. Like I have had to go to church because that was part of school. You had no choice. Yeah. But I did make the decision to stop actually participating as well. You know, stand up, sit down, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying these uh, you know things, oaths of affirmation or whatever it was. I'm not saying the prayers. I'm not taking communion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was weird though because it was like I was like 14 by the time I was just like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Um, but my nephew, um, he, uh, like in year seven uh, in the Catholic Church, you do a thing called uh, confirmation, mm-hmm. where at that point you're sort of like confirming that, yeah, yep, yep, I'm cool, I want to be a Catholic. When I went through school, it was like uh, almost like part of the curriculum. Yes, you, you had to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had to do it. And I, and I don't think you know, anyone would you know, have spoken up and gone, well, I don't believe in, in this whole thing mm. and I don't want to do it. But you know, my nephew did that. I was like, you know, fair play to you, lad. It's 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 just. Uh, oh, he spoke up and said, "Yeah, no. not, I'm not going oh, to get confirmed because I, I don't actually yeah. believe in you. This is real." Yeah, and, uh, and and so I was I was really like impressed by that. Yeah, so, yeah, stand your ground. You know, yeah. make your decision. I, I think I like some of the ideologies and and ideas that religion has about being kind mm. and and such. But yeah, when when you see things like this, it's like, how can you? You know, yeah, it's it's it, yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Some religion, yeah, it's, it's one of those conversations. What do I say that's going to offend people versus <laughs> what's not? But, um, yeah, Gloria Vale, interesting documentary. There is another um, documentary called Gloria Vale. I think it was a three-part series as well. So you can go back and explore that. I think that actually goes into the church, which, right. which is interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I find this stuff interesting. So I'm going to do some more more investigating, mm. I think. Mm. Um, there was a... There was a comic I read uh, that was uh, about like Jesus was in it, mm. uh, and it was called Second Coming, uh, <laughs> and it's actually um, Jesus comes back to Earth now, and uh, he uh, becomes roommate with a like a superhero. The guy's like a Superman kind of superhero. That's uh, very cool. Yeah, and he the Superman character. He uh, like you know everything he every problem he's got he deals with with his fists. Whereas you know, Jesus is kind of like, no, dude, you can do it this way, kind of thing, um, and it's it's very it's a very interesting comic, uh, and it, it again gets back to the the whole point of you know Jesus being a good dude, mm. um, which I think a lot of people have uh, have kind of forgotten that, yeah, and uh, and think he was a, a smitey smitey dude, and you'll find that, that was actually uh, the, the the book beforehand, <laughs> the, the Old Testament, the Old Testament, they, they were very eye for an eye, smitey smitey, exactly. Whereas the whole New Testament was supposed to be like you know, love thy neighbour, yeah, turn the other cheek, exactly. do all that kind of stuff. So, yep. but yeah, no, it's been it's an interesting show. Like mm. uh, I mean, very this, diverse selection yeah. of films we've talked about. Yeah, so, so Wakanda Forever, uh, you know, blockbuster. Uh, both of those are kind of like you know a memorial more, kind yeah, of yeah, uh, exactly to uh, to, to uh, the, the the past. Um, and then yeah, Causeway um, and and Gloria Vale, which is it's just really sad. And mm. I'm glad as you said those those people have gotten out and yeah. they're, they're managing to, to do their, their own thing. So. Yeah, it's just hard. You see the sadness there because they've got to kind of start their new life again and, you know, how do you do that when you've been brought up in a, in a community church? Mm. And, and, yeah, how do you – but good on them. I just – I think that would be the most difficult thing to do. Yeah. I saw – last night when I saw Wakanda Forever – uh, so Wakanda Forever, you've got the uh, the Mayans who are the 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 like Atlanteans, so mm. they've got an underwater city and everything like that. Um, and if you see the trailer, you'll know that most Atlanteans are blue people swimming in the water. 
Uh, and then before I saw Wakanda Forever, I saw uh, Avatar, The Way of Water, ah. which is a movie about blue people swimming in the water. And so I think that <gasps> might be why um, James Cameron uh, got a little bit uh, uppity uh, in the last week. Perhaps. Uh, and was uh, you know, making comments about... Um, about I don't know if it's Star Wars. They definitely said Marvel mm-hmm. and might have said Disney. Uh, dude, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Disney owns you now. Yes. Well, doesn't own you, but owns Avatar. Ah. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he must be a bit annoyed that there's uh, in a month before his Blue People movie comes out, there is a movie with lots of blue people in it. I feel like he has nothing to complain about. I think it's isn't it still the most successful film at Blockbuster, it, or has it been overtaken now? Not no, Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> most successful box film. office. Box Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was um, so it was the most uh, successful worldwide, mm. and not in America anymore, but uh, worldwide it was. Yep. Then Endgame came out, and Endgame took it, it took over. over. Then uh, they re-released it, and it made a few more million dollars. And then uh, I think Endgame might have got re-released and made a few more million dollars. But recently they re-released it uh, now in 4K and that made like $15 million. So I think now it's pushed itself to the point where very it's very, very difficult for anything to beat it ever. But yeah. Disney owns it now. So they had the number one grossing film that beat the number one grossing film mm. that beat the number one grossing film. So they, they've got those bragging rights anyway, regardless of the fact it was a Fox film where yeah. they actually broke the record the first time. Yeah, And James Cameron, you've still got Titanic. Titanic, mate. You're, you're fine. You've yeah, still you, got Titanic. You're fine. You're, you're fine. fine. It's just, yeah, <laughs> that sinking ship You're very successful. Way. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it will be very interesting to see uh, how Avatar The Way of Water does coming up next month, which is, which is very exciting. Yeah. I feel like it's either going to be really good or really bad. I don't know. Well, I mean, quality of the film, either way, it's more it's how much good. money it makes. Exactly, is, is like, the question. Yeah, because, mm. I mean, the first one, it was the uh, when uh, 3D wasn't there and then he came back with his 3D movie and everyone was going, my God, 3D. Yeah. And then 3D went massive and then 3D crashed. And, then and, and now he's going, 3D! And it was like, well, we'll, we'll see, James, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to get out of here. Uh, we are going right up to the wire because uh, Quizzy is uh, not here. He is uh, gallivanting around um, and he has uh, got a playlist set up which is uh, exactly 120 minutes. So I'm going to try and time this to start on at 7 o'clock so that it'll run to uh, Creative Country at 9 o'clock. Um, and so so I'm just going to like... We're just going to linger for a few minutes yeah, yeah, and, just... you know, talk about that and we'll be <laughs> back next week. The gentlemen of popculture.com.au. Please head over there to subscribe and check out all the other shows. Uh, just cut me off whenever you feel like it's necessarily at all. We'll just briefly, um, yeah, talk. Dip Down <laughs> Under, Tangent City's on there, all your favourite shows, us talking about things. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.